Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hello, America. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show, freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. Really good to be with you. And we have a really interesting show for you. We haven't had our guest on for a while. His name is Stefan Verstappen. And he's from Canada, and we're going to talk about Canadian tyranny. We're going to actually do some compare and contrast between Canada and the U.S. But more importantly, he's going to start talking about how to become the gray man. Yeah, how to blend in when times are tough. How to escape persecution. And what's likely to start happening. It's going to be a really, really, really interesting interview. He is always fascinating. Now, I have to warn you, he's colorful. He's funny. He's one of my favorite guys. When I talk to him, I just am so enthralled. But occasionally, there'll be a few slippages of vocabulary. So just be prepared. But anyway, you're going to enjoy the interview. Hey, we're brought to you by Noble Gold. And I wanted to say this to you. I I talked to uh, Scotty Sachs today. And in fact, actually, I was on his show and we talked about banking collapse. His sources and my sources are saying the same thing. We are likely past the point of no return. And we went through all the reasons why on his show. And what I'm telling you right now is if you leave your money in the bank, you're preparing to be victimized. I just want to make sure you understand the Dodd-Frank law of 2010, illegal, unconstitutional, but it is the law of the land. It says that if the banks want to, they can keep your money. Do you have any doubt as the banks begin to fail in bigger numbers? Five banks failed last week. Is there any doubt in your mind that these banks are going to keep your money to cushion the fall? Well, of course they are. Absolutely they are. So let me just say this. Be proactive right now. Noble Gold can help you get retirement out of the bank, keep operating capital in the bank and your balances, and get the majority of your bank reinvested in stuff that will last, like precious metals. Gold was number one last year. It's number one this year. It'll be number one next year, and they can help you with this. Noble Gold can be reached, and I can send you a free information packet to DaveHodgesGold.com. That's DaveHodgesGold.com. Or you can call them directly if you're feeling a sense of urgency. I would. 877-646-5347. 877-646-5347. Tell them Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show sent you. You go, okay, that's all? Yeah. Make sure you tell them I sent you, though. Okay? They know me pretty well over there. They like me. And I do business with them a lot. Federal government says, I got to tell you, everything you do like this could carry an inherent risk. And it's true. And past performance can't be confused with future performance. That's also true. However, I've been a customer of Noble Gold for five years. That's not a guarantee, but I'm telling you, I put my faith and trust in them. And I think your faith and trust to be well placed in Noble Gold. 877-646-5347. A couple things before we go to Stefan. I, I want to make sure that you understand that people think, oh, CBDC has been defeated. Have you seen what Congress has done? And I'm going to say, au contraire, mon frere, that is not true. That is not true. CBDC bill is only in the House. It hasn't been acted on. Biden would veto it. The Senate will never pass it. But even if they did, the Fed Now program is CBDC in evolution. That's right. They're fooling everybody by this. It's their backup plan. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please, please don't fall victim to this nonsense. Please do not. So the CBDC is alive and well. And once it comes in, it's the end of everything for America. We will be worse than feudal slaves. They will have had more privacy than you will. They'll have more privilege than you will. I can't stress this to you strongly enough. The other thing that I want to talk to you about here, and I've mentioned this recently, is this. We could have a grid down from terrorists. We have, we're under terrorist watch alert right now from the FBI, and I think that's very likely, and that's what I would do if I was a terrorist. Let's say a nuclear weapon, I would invoke my grid down. Not EMP, grid down. That would send our country catapulting into a huge depression. That's the first thing I would do. But there's another thing you need to be worried about, and it's this. What about oil shortages, particularly if you go to war? Are we going to have enough to get through the winter after what Biden has done? And you go, Dave, that's a darn good question. Will you be in Michigan and the Upper Peninsula? And you're told, oh, we're having a blackout, a controlled blackout for six, for eight hours. Or it could be 20 below with the wind blowing, wind chilled, 40 below. Hmm? Have you thought about that? This is what the UK government has said about their own country. We expect about 10,000 people to die this year because they can't heat their homes effectively. Germany is going through something similar. We could too. Now, do I think our power companies have to do this? Your guess is as good as mine, but I would say probably not. But it's the way to bring about and hasten the demise of America. That's why. These times are coming. We could see martial law. And this is a perfect lead-in to my friend, Stefan Verstappen from Canada. And we're going to talk about how to become the gray man and how to survive when you're being persecuted. Stay tuned for Stefan Verstappen. Hello, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. Glad you're joining us. We have an old familiar guest with us here. It's been a while since he's been on, coming to us all the way from north of the border under the land uh, and rule of Justin Trudeau's dictatorship. His name is Stefan Verstappen. And Stefan, I don't want to get you in trouble with good old Trudeau. He might seize your bank account, but it's me that said it, not you. So I know you're completely loyal to that uh, son of Fidel Castro, mm-hmm. uh, but you guys got some interesting things going on there north of the border. And I wanted to spend a few minutes, if you don't mind, talking to our audience about this, about what you guys are experiencing up there. And uh, don't get yourself in trouble, but but tell us what's happening up there, because I believe as it is above, so it will be below. <laughs> um, I think it's all coming here. So what do you think? Well, we have the dictator in charge there, the communist uh, overlord, Justin Castro. <laughs> and, they, and they recently um, passed some law. I, you know, Dave, I, I don't follow it too closely anymore. I really don't. Yeah. It's just one lie after another, one evil attempt at robbing you of your freedom after another, one attempt at censoring and mind-controlling after another, there's no end to it, and it's tiresome to try and keep up with it. Sure. So we passed some kind of law uh, to uh, to censor the internet. So nobody really knew what this was going to be or anything like that. It was all about, oh, we want to promote Canadian content, so um, any Canadian content is going to be banned. <laughs> like it's just. <laughs> Well, this is the government, you know. We're 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 going to save the geese by poisoning the grass, you know. Like it's it's there's no rhyme or reason to it anymore, Dave. You know, it's just all so upside down and batshit crazy. So, anyways, well, okay, now we got. Well, to- let me ask you this, sir. I want to. Yeah. You've got a wonderful um, director of the uh, Department of Will and Slave. You, uh, her last name's Freeland. And uh, she's had a lot to say about Internet functionality and how they're going to monitor and take control of the Internet. Can you spend a couple of minutes uh, telling our audience about that? Because we believe Biden is giving the controls of our Internet to the U.N., and they've pretty much told us what they're going to do. I went through those documents last night with my audience. Can you tell us what's going on in Canada? Again, Dave, I really can't tell you too much about it. I haven't been following it. Okay. Um, 
And so they put something through. Anyways, the effect of this is now I want to post like a, um, a link to one of my videos on Facebook. I will get a sign pop up on Facebook saying uh, you cannot share this content. It's contrary to government policy or, or government uh, legislation, and you cannot share this content. I mean, it, I'm a Canadian. I'm posting a video. It doesn't matter what it is. It was like, it wasn't like some subversive call to arms video. It was, uh, what was it? It was, it was a video about my community. That's what it was. So it's a video of people having, uh, you know, dinner and, and around the fireplace. But for some reason, uh, I can't post that to Facebook. And you get this weird notice that comes up. It's it's contrary to government legislation, and you won't be able to share this content. So there you go. So that's already how it's playing out on the Internet. If you want to share content, no, they'll be they'll block you from sharing. Um, so that's the early stages of what this is doing. Then they came through with another ridiculous law that podcasters have to register with the government. Now, wow. oh, really, that? really, tell us about that. I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like register what you know. Um, <laughs> So then they said, no, no, it's only, it's not all podcasters. It's only podcasters that, uh, you know, earn more than uh, $10 million a year. So what they're talking about is the platforms that host podcasts have to register with the government. But that still means um, you have to register with the host who has to register with the government. It's just, you know, Dave, there is no end to it. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't vote these sons of bitches out. And um, you can't get around it. Do you think that um, registration of podcasters is coming? Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, And, you know, they want to... Listen, the Internet has been a two-edged sword for the powers that be. On the one hand, it's great for them because now they can, you know, identify all of us and track our, our movements and track what we watch and listen to. So a big bonus for them, you know, more surveillance. But the bad side for them, the two-edged sword for them, is that we still were able to get a hold of a lot of information we never could have gotten a hold of before the Internet, right? Now, I was, back in the day, I, I lived at the library. But there's no way you could find the information at the library that you find on the Internet today. The only thing in those days is if you subscribe to certain, you know, magazines like the John Burke Society, and um, they would sell books at the on the back pages of the magazine, and you could order the books online, which, geez, almost nobody did, you know, send in a check to, you know, somewhere in uh, Washington, and they'll send you the book. But so there the internet opened up a whole world of information for people. Now this has come back to bite the new world order on the butt. So they want to shut it back down again. They want to keep all the benefits of surveillance and mind control and gaslighting, but they don't want to let out any opportunity for you to learn what's really going on. So this is what they're trying to do. So now, Oh, they want you to get registered and then you can't share your information with your friends and, um, only what we approve of can be shared on the internet. And well, that's what they're doing. Of course, we knew this was going to happen. Dave, you knew it years ago. I knew it years ago. Um, so we knew this was going to happen and now it's happening. You see, what people don't understand is that the government can do anything it wants. And what are we going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Vote, write letters to your congressman. <laughs> Vote. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like voting makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, that worked. Um, Write letters, protest. Oh, yeah. uh, Let me get a sign and walk up and down the street. That will teach those sons of bitches. (laughs) They'll change their mind. Let me ask you, uh, how much voter fraud is there in Canada? And I'm asking kind of a rhetorical question for a reason. Sure. Well, 
Canadians don't think there's voter fraud, right? Canadians are so well programmed. We don't think that uh, Canada has any corruption. We don't think that Canada that there's voter fraud in Canada. We never hear about it. Never hear about voter fraud in Canada. But the fact of the matter is, every democracy has rampant voter fraud. That's why people. That's why you're always hearing all these politicians saying, "Well, we have to bring democracy there," which means so we can rig their elections. That's all it means. It doesn't mean so that the people can rule themselves or have a voice in how they are, are, are being led. No, bringing democracy to the world. And as you know, democracy is the worst form of government. Even the ancient Greeks said that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's two wolves and a sheep deciding who's for dinner. Exactly, exactly. So uh, democracy, oh, let's bring them democracy. Well, de- democracy means voter fraud. Now, we don't have a press. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the commonsenseshow.tv, commercial free, censorship free, and we're getting five star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at the commonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to buryyourgold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time the common sense show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow for example they've got half off my pillow bed sheets more than half off their slippers their sandals their mattresses their topper covers women's lingerie now, they have extremely great products as you all know Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. In Canada. So if there is voter fraud taking place, and I'm sure there is, you'll never hear about it anywhere. Anywhere. So uh, we do have to wonder how Justin Castro got elected three times. Um, especially since nobody can stand a little prick. Yeah, that's what I hear. That's that's. Um, I, 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 people have to. But then, how do people not think there's voter fraud in Canada if they hate him and he still keeps getting reelected? Because they're sheep, Dave. They're sheep. You know. Um, I've talked about this many times. I've tried to understand. I've tried to understand it. You know, why is our society this way? Um, how how is it? 
that Americans can't see that Michelle Obama is a man. <laughs> how, how is it that they don't see that? How can the Americans not see that Kamala Harris is a total moron? She shouldn't be. She should. She should be selling tickets at the bus station. That oh, well, you you think she'd have got her law degree at Walmart? I mean, you're right. She can't make. She can't put together two intelligible sentences. No, the woman is a complete idiot. I, I it, you know, I don't even watch the clips anymore, Dave, because I used to watch them a year ago or so. But uh, now I, I already know. And how can Americans not see that Joe Biden is suffering from dementia? Uh, but it, and, and so do they talk? Well, maybe they talk about it. I don't know. But what are you going to do about it? Nothing. What can yeah, you do? Joe was on the air two days ago. And he wandered away from the microphone and got lost. And they cut the feed. <laughs> they cut the feed. I was watching. It was so. I mean, it's funny. I don't like to see it happen to a human being, but I don't look at this man as a human being anymore because he's destroyed an entire nation and is threatening to plunge us into a nuclear war that'll destroy billions. Yeah, I know. I'm the same way. I don't like to see people suffer, even if they're bad people. But yeah. this guy's not a human being. He was a devious little demonic bastard already when he was first got into congress 40 years ago and uh, we know that he's a pedophile and um he's probably a really nasty human being behind the scenes so yeah, yeah l- let me validate what you just said so the audience doesn't recoil if they're not aware oh. of what's happening there was a diary that appeared that was sent to um james o'keefe of then project veritas and it clearly was a diary from his daughter. That's not in question. Yep. And she said, yeah, daddy used to shower with me, and that's why I'm so screwed up. But I'm paraphrasing. Um, and what's interesting, the FBI and the DOJ are prosecuting the girl who gave, excuse me, Project Veritas the um, the diary. Now, James decided not to do anything with it for those reasons. He thought it was high risk, low reward. And so he left it alone. But when you say he's a pedophile, yeah, that, and then we have all the public ins- uh, mm. uh, of saying, hey, touch the hairs on my legs, little girls, and then he sniffs the girl's hair, and it just never ends. I know. I mean, if you didn't know about the diary, at least look at all those videos where he's uh, touching those kids all the time and sniffing their hair. That is not normal. Please, um, you know, an old man like that, stranger, these kids don't know who he is, and and then he's getting his face all up and, and he's touching, touching them, you know. Oh, my precious, my precious. You know, the guy is a sick son of a bitch. How can people not see that? I saw it the minute I looked at him. But then, you know, I'm an expert on psychopaths and I've trained myself to spot them. So maybe it's easier for me. But, um, my God, what a monster. But they're all monsters. Everybody in the government there is a monster. Pelosi and and uh, Schumer and all of these people. They're just horrible, horrible human beings, if they are human. That's up for a debate. No, that's not even up for a debate. You're exactly right. Um, recently, oh, I'd say eight, nine months ago, a member of the World Economic Forum came out and said, we own half of Trudeau's cabinet. And that was actually talked about in the, in, in your legislature. Mm-hmm. Um, what do the people say about that? See, when you start hearing things like that, how do you not believe that there's a major problem? Dave, people are sheep. They don't talk about it. I haven't, other than the people that I hang around with, my, my community and uh, the reason we have this community is that all of us that belong to it are awake to what's going on. Phoebe, stop it. Sorry about that. That's my cat. Um, but for the rest of the Canadians on the street, they don't talk about it. They don't know about it. They have no clue. So, my, like I said, my community, the people that we hang around with, we're all pretty aware of what's going on. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. But um, Canadians in general, <clears throat> they're like Americans in general. They're like Australians in general, like Englishmen. I mean, look at what's going on in all of our countries. It's outrageous. 
the abuses the governments have heaped upon us, not the least of which is the open borders that have flooded all our countries with people that, quite frankly, we don't want and we didn't ask for. But where's where's the people saying anything about it? It's only a very small percentage. It's about 15% of the population that get any of this. It's it's called the Pareto Principle. I'm sure you've heard it before. And uh, for, for the listeners, the Pareto Principle states that 20% of the people in an or- organization produces 80% of the profit. So this when applied to a business. So you got 10 people that work for you, two people making money for the company, the other eight, they're coasting. But you can apply the Pareto Principle to life in general, to society as a whole. So there's 20% of us that are fighting against this, like Dave, like myself, many others. We're trying to bring awareness to the situation. We're trying to resist the encroaching enslavement that they have planned for us. But it's only a very small percentage, if 20%, if. And the rest, the vast majority, 80%, don't know, don't care, can't figure it out, don't want to figure it out. I don't know. Whatever you pick, take your choice, but they're useless for any practical purpose. Who's farther along in awareness as a nation? Would it be the U.S. or would it be Canada? U.S. That's what I'm thinking, too. Um, are you familiar with what happened to Jordan Peterson and what they forced him to do? Yes. What? Uh, just to kind of recap that, I'm going to get your reaction to it. Tell the audience what they made him do, because I've told people this, and a lot of times they just look at me and don't believe me. Oh, take the re-education training? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, people said to me, Dave, what's next, re-education camp? I said, well, maybe. But the fact is, I said they took a prominent public figure who said things they didn't like and forced him to go to re-education. Yeah, so Jordan Peterson was forced to go to re-education. Why? I don't know what he said. It doesn't matter what you say. If no, it doesn't matter. If you're prominent enough, right? If you have a big enough audience, <clears throat> you become a threat. So now they you know, they go through everything you do and say with a fine-tooth comb. Is there a threat, what he said? What, what was he alleging there? What was he al- alluding to? So, you know, these people will take offense at everything. So who knows what it was exactly that he did or said made him take offense. But then the uh, the university that he worked for, University of Toronto, which is I've been to I've lectured at the University of Toronto, uh, U of T. Um, it is the heart of Satan. <laughs> it's the most liberal, leftist, Leninist, Marxist, Trotskyist, communist indoctrination hellhole which makes you wonder if he could become a professor at university of toronto either he sold his soul or he's really a communist personally i don't like the guy i can't stand him i think he's a total fraud mm. just for the record but anyway so they made him take a re-education a program listen i had to do that here this was about 10 years ago when i got my security license and so you had to take a training course to get your security license. And I forget what they called it. They called it um, equity training, something like that. And it was all about, um, you know, what to say when you're amongst diversity so that you don't get them upset. For example, one of the examples they gave was, well, if you're at the office and you're going to order lunch and everybody wants pizza, don't order ham on your pizza. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Things like that. A whole bunch of bullshit. You got to be, you know, walk around on eggshells so that you don't offend any of the people that came to this country for refuge and whom we've paid a lot of money to stay here and pay for their education and their medical benefits and so on. Uh, but you can't upset them by saying something that might offend them. You know, so. They have these training courses everywhere. So that's what he was forced to do. Yeah. But listen, Dave, that's going to be coming for all of us. How do I know this? It's because every communist country in the last hundred years have done that. 
They've got your, you know, re-education centers. And um, listen, better you get sent to the re-education center than you get sent to the basement of the KGB headquarters where they simply shoot you in the back of the head. So re-education centers are actually a good thing. It means they're not shooting you. If there's no re-education center, then they will just shoot you. But that's what communists do, Dave. They always do it everywhere they've ever been. That's what they do. It's all part of their mind control. They have to know what you think, and you have to love the party. Uh, but that's what it is. So it, it's no big, you know, it, it's no great leap to understand that this is coming anyways sooner or later to all of us and they'll listen what if they go back through all of your shows dave right they get some guy that listens they they haul you into an office and they got the last 10 years of your podcast and they use ai to uh scroll through everything and stop at key words um you're going to the education center dave Honestly, I've been told that people like me won't be taken to the education center, will be dealt with immediately. That's what I've been told. Yeah, I believe that, too. That's what I said, too. Like, um, like I'm fighting for my life here. We're all fighting for our life here. People don't realize it. And we don't realize it. It, it, it. I mean, it's only a couple of steps away. Then they pass the, you know, non-offensive Human Rights Act law. And then that's it to pick you up. And what happens? We, we, look, we already see the complete breakdown of law and order, right? Um, you cannot rely on the police to protect you. And um, so is the government going to hesitate to take you out somewhere and shoot you? Of course not. That's what they do. That's what communists always do. I, you know, I've been screaming this from the rooftops for 10 years, Dave, um, trying to warn people, you know, we're heading into a communist dictatorship. Yeah, but, Stefan, 10 years ago, this wasn't out in the open like it is today. Today, the globalists are telling us what they're going to do. And and that's why it's amazing to me people are still choosing to remain asleep. And that's what they're doing. They're choosing. Yes. Yeah, no, they, they refuse to wake up. You know, it's something I've been researching, trying to figure out, come to a conclusion. Like, what... Is it that they refuse to wake up to it? Is it that they are on purpose are evading the information? Or is it that they're basically mindless hulks occupying meat suits, and but there is no real internal? There's nothing inside. Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of them. I think there's distinct categories, and I think some of these attributes overlap. Yeah, I think so, too, because uh, I've seen it now many many years going on and um you know you can't you can't get through to them you can't get through to a leftist um there's no reasoning with them there's no showing them facts what was that um that quote from the interview that um um the russian defector from the 1970s uh oh jeez my mind now. Anyways, he said, uh, you know, they have three stages that they use to de- de- pro- our program a civilization. Was it Golitsyn? I'm not sure who said that. Um, no. I, know what you're, I know what you're talking about. You know the guy I'm talking about. And and the one that interviewed him, he, he was the one that wrote uh, Jekyll Island, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? I forget. Yeah. Anyways. But he said that, uh, you know, demoralization, to demoralize a population, to bring a population to its knees so that they can be easily subverted by the communists and then, then there'll be a communist country. And he said the same thing. He says, um, the useful idiots, they will never learn. He says, even, even you take them to Russia and show them the mass graves, you know, um, they still don't believe it. He says, only when the boot is on the back of their neck and the barrel of the rifle, they feel it pressed to the back of their head, then maybe they'll wake up. So this is what we're dealing with now. It doesn't matter what you're doing, what you say, how you say it, 
Uh, you can show them videos and photos and facts and have all kinds of experts come and talk to them. They don't get it. No. Um, I think Solzhenitsyn, you know, the um, Russian mm-hmm. who survived the gulags, he said something interesting, and I, and I do agree with this, that if we would have grabbed our fireplace poker and killed some of these people, we might have been able to stop it. He said, yeah. if we'd have done this early enough and often enough, and if they know they were going to get this kind of resistance, we should have stopped it. But I think there's another form of resistance that could work. It comes to a point when people just say, we're not doing what you say. Mm-hmm. All dictatorships need compliance. And there's not enough police or soldiers to get everybody. And if most people would say, to hell with you and your policies, we're just going to go self-sustaining, we're not going to participate in your system, then I think you could collapse that system. Yes, but the the the, the problem is what you just said. Most people. Yeah, I know. I know. We're not going to do it. Yeah, if we could get most people. Now, what was it they said about the uh, American Revolution, the number of people that actually fought against the British was like, what, 7%? Yeah, it was, it was less than 10%. That's true. Less than 10%. So if you can get less than 10% of the population to stand up and fight. So America has, what, 300-something million that we know of? 340 that are counted and yeah. probably another 30 that are not. Exactly. So even 10%, well, you're still talking 30 million people. Now, if 30 million people were to stand up, uh, yeah, I think that that could make a difference. But the other thing is they have been very good at dividing us. Guys. They always come around when I'm doing the podcast. I'm sorry about that, uh, Dave. Um, They have done everything they can to um, divide us against each other. You know, the politics and and the LGBTQ and the Black Lives Matter. And, you know, we can't cooperate anymore. Now, as you know, I've been working the last uh, three years very hard at uh, teaching people how to work together because that is our solution. That is what the key. Said, I agree. What you said, if we can just, you know, separate ourselves from the uh, the tentacles of this government, and uh, become self-reliant, we don't need the government, then, uh, yeah, we have a good chance of uh, resisting it. Because you can't resist it if you're dependent on them, right? So you can resist it if you've got your own food, your own medicine, your own people, your own security. Then you can say no. And uh, if we could get just 10% to do that, 30 million people, um, that would be a big problem for them. They, They probably won't be able to overdo it. But then again, we got to get those 30 million people to work together. And they are constantly doing everything in their power to divide us. Well, the division has already happened. You know, I, I, I know a lady, I've interviewed her, and she has her own show now as a result, named Sharona Bishop. And she went to school board meetings to talk about how wrong CRT was. And, of course, Merrick Garland, our attorney general, his son-in-law and daughter owned Panorama Education, which makes money on things like CRT. So he had a personal stake in this. But even to a bigger point, they want to divide and conquer the children from early ages. If you're white, you've picked on blacks and you should feel guilty. And if you're black, the white person's automatically your enemy. And that's what they teach in CRT. So what did they do when she started to be effective? They came and kicked in her door. And her husband was was a, a Justice Department official. It was incredible, the state of Colorado. They kicked in his door. They entered. They manhandled her teenage daughter. They put guns to their heads. They stole all their electronics for the crime of going to a school board meeting. And under American law, politically protected speech with no announced victims intended. And they did this to her. And the reason they did, Stefan, is for the reasons you're alluding to. Sheep. They want sheep. They want to produce sheep at early ages in our schools. And any parent that tries to undo that curriculum that produces divide and conquer so people can't unify, they're going to go after them. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, they'll go after the unifiers. 
people that uh, try to work together. Yeah, exactly. And um, they're very effective at it. Like you said, they've already divided us a long time ago. But despite the fact that we've been horribly divided for the last 40, 50, 60 years, um, it doesn't stop them from trying to divide us even further. Hmm. So, yeah, this is the problem, Dave. You know, that's what I put in the uh, in the video I sent you. So my every prediction come true, what I predicted in my book, The Art of Urban Survival. The thing is, I figured this out about 25 years ago. Did, how did I figure? Well, I read what they were writing about. Exactly, yeah. They told us they were going to do this, you know. So now I'm saying, well, I'm predicting the future. Well, actually, I, I'm not predicting the future. I'm just telling you what they told what they've been telling everybody else, mostly themselves, right? That this was their plan to do this. So um, here's the problem. Um, The major source of our problems in this world is our own governments. Your government, my government. um, They are evil and they are working against the best interests of the common people. All right, so what do we do? Can't vote them out. Can't protest them out. Can't write letters to get rid of them. You can't sue them in the court of law. And the other thing that that they're talking about trying with the sovereign citizen. The minute I heard the sovereign citizen story, I went, right. That all depends on them letting you get away with it. And they're not. So what what can we do to stop the government from killing us? Obviously, by now, this is the intent of all our governments is to Before you answer the question, let me interject just one thing. The University of Hawaii has done uh, over a decade-long study. What's more dangerous to a population? Is it world war, any kind of war, or is it its own government? And and they're calling this the democide project. And what they concluded, overwhelmingly, government kills far more of its people than are ever killed in wars. So go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I talk about that uh, in uh, my, my my video, Defense Against the Psychopath. Uh, democide. Governments have killed more of their own people than all the wars combined. Yep. So if you were, you know, if you get one of those charts, what will kill you? Heart disease, cancer, you know, and you go down the chart. Well, actually, government is at the top of that chart. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're more likely to be killed by your own government than you're ever going to be killed by an invading force. So that's why we have to be careful when when we deal with these people. So we can't vote. We can't write letters. We can't protest. You can't pretend to be a sovereign citizen. That's not going to fly. You know, know, we don't need those stinking badges, right? Yeah, I hear I hear you. That's that's funny. Um, so what is left? What is left is for yeah. us to retreat. Okay, this is guerrilla strategy. You do not fight a battle you can't win. And Dave and Stefan cannot take on the American government and hope to win. We can't. So what we have to do is we have to kind of retreat, sink back into the, the bushes, you know, hide more a little bit in the shadows. And while we're there, we do everything we can to become self-sufficient. Now, your listeners, I've heard you warning them and urging them to get prepared for years now. We, we all, you know, get your get your food, six months supply, get stock up on the medicines you need, get a good first aid kit, get some radios, um, get a firearm. We've been telling that. You've been telling them that. That's that's why you had me on the show a few times. We talk about being prepped and getting prepared. Folks, if you haven't listened to us for the last 10 years, please start right now because we might only have a couple of months left. That's true. Uh, That's very true. To get prepared. So if you have made no efforts up to this point, well, we tried. We tried. We tried to warn you. We have tried. There's no question about that. Um, You've got something out there about urban survival. Let's talk about that. Um, Okay, yeah, that's my book, The Art of Urban Survival. So what happens is when I wrote the book, I knew what was coming. Also because I read history. When you read history and how civilizations collapse, 
they follow a pretty clear stage. So I thought, oh, okay. So I'm going to write the book. And now in the book, I'm not saying, you know, this is the, the cycle for the future. What I'm saying is the order that the chapters appear in are based on my research into history. So chapter one, psychopaths. Why? Well, because at the end of every civilization, there is a profusion of psychopaths. I don't know what happens if it's biblical, if there's some, I I don't know why, but there's a lot of evil people running around, okay? Mostly in your own government, but also in 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 the medical establishment, but also in the banking industry. I mean, they're all psychopaths you need to be able to protect yourself from them okay chapter one chapter two anger and aggression i knew this was coming what happens when a civilization starts to decay people get angry you know there's going to be unemployment there's going to be poverty there's going to be um lots of frustration and tension and they're going to be angry they're going to lose it and so look at the major uptick in violent crime, road rage incidents, yes, getting sucker punched, just walking down the street. What was it the other day? Some some kid gets onto a bus, goes to the back seat, sees some guy sleeping on the bus, another teenager, and shoots him seven times. For what? He didn't even know him. Right? Because people are gonna lose it. So you you know, that's why anger and aggression you got to figure out how to see it coming. Then Crime and violence. Again, unemployment is going to go through the roof. We are looking at a collapse of the dollar. We're looking at hyperinflation. It's costing a fortune to feed yourself. Guess what? Crime is going to go up. So you better learn basic crime prevention techniques. What to do if you're walking on the street. What to do if you're riding public transit. Uh, what to do if your home is being broken into. What to do if you're getting mugged. What to do if you're surrounded by a street gang? I mean, all those solutions are in the book under crime and violence. Okay. Then next chapter is natural disasters. And this is where we get into the the disaster preparedness, the prepping. Again, for some reason, the end of every civilization is accompanied by a strange increase in the number of natural disasters. And here again, look. The droughts, the fires, the floods, the uh, tornadoes, the hurricanes, uh, you know, all, you know, out of control. Um, So if for no other reason, even if you don't believe we're at the end of civilization, you should be prepped because of the increase in natural disasters, which we see already. Well, I think I think in the modern era, I think weather manipulation. I mean, people don't believe there's weather modification, but there's UN treaties between countries not to wage weather wars. So there is weather modification, and I think a lot of what we're seeing today is manipulated. But I think so too. But yeah. I do think I do think historically, what you're saying is correct. I know it's correct, and I think what we see is is extreme natural disasters are usually a catalyst for a society that's already failing and it exacerbates it. Exactly, exactly. So now the, the society is on its last legs. I have a chapter on corruption, you know, how it rots out a society from the inside. So you've got, you know, psychopaths running things. You've got crime out of control. Uh, you've got corruption rotting everything out. And uh, now you get hit with a couple of hurricanes or a couple of floods uh, oftentimes, that's all it needs to push the civilization over and tip them over into total anarchy. Mm-hmm. So, I cover, you know, natural disasters, you know, your bug out bag, your stay at home kit, search and rescue operations, how to look after your children, you know, what to teach your children, because they got to have a little bit of training too, just a little bit, right? What to do if the lights go out, what to do if the stranger's knocking at the door and you're not home. We've got to train the kids, too. And then after that comes the man-made disasters. So three chapters, crime and violence, natural disasters, and then the man-made disasters. And the man-made disasters are riots, martial law, 
And guess what else? War. That's the next to last chapter is war. So you better already be prepared for the natural disasters. And if you're prepped, then you have a better chance of surviving the man-made disasters, such as war, because war is just going to be one big natural disaster, right? Yeah. You're going to be hungry. There's going to be no food, medicine, no, right. no ambulance, no police, no no water, no hydro. Look, at it. it might as well be the end of the world if we uh, find ourselves in World War Three. Thanks, Israel. Great job. They're at it again, folks. Starting another world war, just like they always do. Anyway, so um, war is, uh, there's a chapter on war. And again, this is to progression. This is what happens. You see, a country that is weakened by internal rot and corruption and psychopaths, and then they get hit with natural disasters. Oh, plagues and pandemics are in there, too. Yeah. Another thing that happens, yeah. Diseases. So now the population is completely weakened. Um, typically, what happens is the military crumbles. So uh, keep hiring those drag queens. They make great soldiers. Uh, <coughs> Are you having that problem in your Canadian military? Uh, allowing, yes. in, allowing in yeah. the, fat, the fat people and uh, yes. the uh, gender confused? Yes. Yes, we have that here, too. Mm-hmm. So what happens then is... You're weak. You're easy pickings. If there's another country anywhere nearby that isn't as rotten to the core as you are, then it's an opportunity for them. Come on in. Let's take it over. You'll be doing us a favor. You know, there'll come a time when Americans are begging the Chinese to invade, you know, <clears throat> to save them from, from uh, you know, you know. <clears throat> so that's why war is always always on the table it's always one of the final things that happens and then the final chapter is escape and evade how to get out of handcuffs how to escape from a prison how to escape from a prison camp i mean i give you the basic information you would need to do that to accomplish that and then once you escape then to evade how to avoid being tracked let me ask you this along those lines how do you avoid being caught being caught? Yes. In the first place? Yes. Well, you really need to know spycraft. There's a book that I have called um, Mastering Secret Art. And it was published by the South African Communist Party back in like 1962 or something like that. But it lays it all out to you how these communists set up their secret cells and how they infiltrated the country and how they managed to avoid surveillance it's all in there. It's part of spycraft, to be honest with you. I've read the same things in books like Every Spy a Prince by Victor Ostrovsky, who is a former Mossad agent. And he wrote two books. And there was a couple of other Mossad agents that wrote, wrote a couple of books. I read them all. Uh, very fascinating. I want to know how the Mossad trains its people. <clears throat> but to avoid being captured, there's a few strategies. Number one, play the gray man. So too late for you, Dave. Everybody knows who you are. So they're going to get you. They're going to get you. And, uh, you know, I talk with people. We often have discussions about when to bug out and uh, when to shelter in place. But one of the reasons to bug out is when the police are coming for you. You need an early warning system, too. You need to be able to tell if they're on their way um, to get you. How do you get that? How do you know how to do that? What's the? Is there a technology or what? Well, it's a little bit of everything. One would be to get a police scanner, but then you got to kind of listen to it all the time, right? But get a police scanner can't hurt. Or we have here, I have here my, my ham radio, and uh, we are already tuned into the local police channel. So I can turn on the radio and I can start listening to what the police are talking about. How do you, how do you know how to find it? I mean, how do you locate the frequency? Go online and... Uh, Type in the name of uh, your neighborhood, you know, Toronto Police Radio Frequencies, and they will come up with a list, probably like 30, 40 listings long. Depends on how big the city is. And um, what you're looking for is um, 
what's sort of like a party line or a trunk line. That means that the police use it, but also ambulance and fire departments. And this is the most helpful uh, station to tune into uh, during a natural disaster or other kind of disaster. Because then you can hear what the police are saying, what the ambulance is saying, what the fire departments are saying. You can you can hear them. They'll say, well, we're being dispatched uh, to this place because there are people trapped in the elevator because of the power outage. But meanwhile, the other engine is going over to the ravine because two boys might have been washed downstream in a flash flood. You know, you'll hear all that stuff. We've closed off Highway 407 because flooding on the road. And so we're diverting traffic. You get all that stuff. You got to listen into the police channel. So that's That's one way. That's good to know. Yeah, it, it. it's the best thing, you know, if there, if the power goes out, now the lights go out, um, turn on your ham radio and tune in to the trunk line. You will find no information on AM or FM radio. Right? I, I've tried. There's, there's nothing. The power could be out for three days, and finally there'll be some little you know, talking point on one of the AM. Oh, and by the way, the power is out. Yeah, we knew that three, year, three days ago. We've been sitting in the dark ever since. But when you um, tune into the ham radio, we had a we had a power outage in Toronto about ten years ago. Seven days it was out, and um, well, what happened? Well, you didn't find any any information. Like, of course, there's no TV and all that. Nothing on AM radio. But when I tuned into the ham radio, I found out what happened was uh, we had a sudden downpour. And there was a lot of flooding, and it flooded one of the trans, uh, transformers that was stored in the basement. <laughs> so it flood, and it blew, and it knocked power out to half of Toronto for a week. So yeah, that's why that's how you got to know. You need information, Dave, when this happens. So it's yes. really important to get your your ham radio. Learn how to use it. It's not too complicated. Don't be scared. You don't have to get a license if you don't plan to talk. And if you want to use it to call for help, you don't need a license. You're, anyone can call, transmit on the ham radio um, if it's an emergency, right? Hold on a second. Yeah, I've taken some uh, notes on this. This is good stuff. Um, Stefan, we're almost out of time. Okay. And and I know people are going to want to read this book now because it's it, you've definitely piqued my curiosity here with some of the things you said. It's an old book. It's 15 years old. I know, but you know what? Those there's tried and true strategies, though. Uh, yes, I, yeah. I mean, we talked about the gray man a few years ago, and it yeah. still applies today. That's uh, the other thing I was going to say: how to avoid capture is the gray man, and there's a chapter on that in the book too. Okay, very good. Uh, wear baggy clothes when your power is out, <laughs> so people don't think you have food. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I know. Hey, I, I hear you. Okay, um, tell people how they can get a copy of your book. It's on Amazon and on Lulu. Okay, so just um, search for the art of urban survival. The yeah, Art no of Urban Survival by Stefan Verstappen. Stefan, yeah. uh, Stefan, let, let's. Um, you have a broadcast too, a podcast. Tell people how they can follow it. Yeah, I just started doing that. I don't know how much long I'm going to do it because, unlike you, I'm not very eloquent on my own. So, <laughs> I, I do the podcast. It's called the Sunday Night Survival Super Chat. And uh, you have to go to YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's a live stream. What, what time do you What time do you run it? Uh, every Sunday night at nine o'clock. Okay, is, so that, is, that, nine is that Eastern time? Yeah, Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Savings Goddamn Time now. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that that's a whole another topic. Well, Stefan, we're, we're we're flat out of time, so we got to scoot. But I want to thank you for coming on. This was good. We're going to do it again much sooner. You're very welcome, Dave. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And anytime I'm here for you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. 
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here. And we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TheCommonSenseShow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.